0: Oh, Oh, we got
1: to unmute the mic. I remember how you took you down. Got to unmute the mic, family. Got
0: to unmute the mic. See, we're going to start with Fleet Foxes. We're going to get into it. Actually, uh, let's see. We're going to... How about this, For Before we get started, we want Blue Ridge Mountain. Is that what we want? How about... No, I don't want Blue Ridge Mountain. I want something different. What about... (laughs) So, yeah, obviously, this is going to be a little bit different than what we're used to. How's everybody doing? Hey, sheiksies, how are you? And it says, yes, look, we've got 11 people in here. Pat hasn't started yet. Brett Stillman says, basic win has been chosen. Let's get naked.
1: Come down to the mountain. You have been gone too long. The spring is upon us, follow my yawning song. Ah. Settle down with me by the fire of my gun. Hey, Jacob, what's up, Colonel Rick? You should come back home, back from your home now.
0: All right, so now we gotta do this whole thing. We're gonna, we'll stop that right there, right? Uh, i've got to go to the whole fucking this whole fucking thing here on the twitter where i gotta i gotta serenade me daddy they say <laughs> all right so we have to pretend like this didn't happen just like at the end there of uh, of prospects after dark when i usually do something ridiculous uh so we got to go to this whole as you people on youtube as my fans on as a family on youtube uh as i'm gonna keep jacobs yo it's cardinals it's a pleasure i'm gonna pretend like we didn't read this i got to go to the stupid Twitter nonsense here and I've got to press this stupid thing here and I've got to press this stupid button and then i got to say something like uh, on the, with the thing you got to say, uh, uh, how about it's uh, blah, 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 prospects, blah, blah, blah after blah, blah, blah. Uh, how about shirts? Optional. Slutty, sluttiness, slut ones, sluttiness mandatory. Just like those sexy cardinal boy horrors. Let's talk it over. A couple exclamation marks. All right, so here in a second, we're gonna start all over. Uh, Prospects after dark, family.
1: You should come back home, back on your own now.
0: All right, so uh, how do I do this? I've never, I've never done it like this. Um, that's what, that's what she said. Uh, yeah. Cardinals gifts tweets out. Prospects after dark. Uh, let me, let me tweet. Let me DM gifts. We finna start. Love and uh you say so we say ho um anyway so when gif says it's time to go oh hey there's a gift he's in here all right so um hold on we got you got to do
1: that
0: <sighs> i fucked that up all right starting over we're gonna start over <sighs> 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 evening everybody and welcome to another episode of prospects after dark i am your host i am kyle reese on this wednesday um february 15th is that what it is february 15th 2023 uh thank you everybody for being here for prospects after dark i see that people are starting to join on twitter live i will remind you that your best viewing option on twitter is to not be on twitter it's to go straight to youtube Live i'm gonna retweet that out thanks to the lovely and talented cardinals gifts uh yeah you know go ahead and give that a try we we like that way better because we can do cool things like we can display on youtube live uh uh from bj didman hey boo hey bj didman how are you uh but over on youtube live we can put in the big letters ben stillman says mason Wynn has been chosen let's get naked yeah and you know that's really awesome like uh I believe it was Mike Claiborne was fortunate enough to have the little camera with the little television and then see that moment where Ozzie Smith got to meet Mason Wynn. And um, it, it was tweeted out from Michael Claiborne. Go ahead and check that out. You know, I don't want to steal some of that thunder, but uh, it was a really awesome moment with uh, that had a little sentimentality for, for Mason Wynn where he got to meet Ozzie Smith for the first time. And I'm glad it got captured. You know, I, we all know Ozzie's a class act and in the next decade, we'll come to find out just how much of a class act Mason Wynn is. Uh, comes from a great family, great people. And we are really excited about that. Our good friend, uh, SheckzyX, uh says, hey, or yes, or something. I can't even read the word hey correctly or hello or anything correctly. Uh, says, yes, yes. That's right. So to our good friend, we're going to Zed, who I call on Twitter, Zed. I'm going to raise my booze, too, because I love that Zed. And I know Zed's been feeling it today. Uh, SheckzyX. I raised my glass to you. I hope you're doing well, my friend. You're awesome. You're truly one of the my favorite people to interact with. Oh, so uh, again, uh, so on ooh, VHS, put the eggplant. And that was because on YouTube, before we got on Twitter, I was singing to Fleet Foxes terribly. But tonight, uh, we're going to drink an Aldi beer from my lovely girlfriend, uh, uh, the Cerveza Monterey. Uh, if you never had this, it's a really great, uh, uh, you know, Cerveza. Uh, that you should drink. I think so. Uh, I think so. Jacob says, yo, it's Cardinals Reeks. So I obviously always call him Cardinal Reeks. And again, if you are on Twitter, we recommend you go over to YouTube. It is a better viewing experience because we can put the questions up. But our good friend Cardinals Reeks, uh, I will say it over and over. Uh, Tori says, hell yeah. I'll say it over and over again. Our good friend uh, uh, Cardinals Reeks, Jacob and Kareem SSN, they they did a great job putting together this data-driven uh, top 12 prospects in the Cardinals organization that you need to check out. I'll make a point, uh, throughout the night at some point tonight to retweet it. You guys know it's hard enough for me to look at the YouTube thing and then do the Twitter thing and then do the rest of it. But, uh, they did a great job and I love what they did. And again, I, like I said, it on C 70s podcast, uh, on Friday, by the way, check out, meet me Usual. I thought that that was one of the, uh, the, I don't know, maybe the more, um, calm podcasts I've ever done. Um, but uh, anyways, I thought it was pretty insightful the way that the conversation went, and I think that you should check that out. Uh, Mimi and usual is great. Daniel Sheptal's is great. But like I said, I'm just so proud of the work, uh, as, as if it matters, but I'm just so proud of the work that Jacob has done, that Cardinals Reeks has done, and Kareem have done. Uh, I believe some other people were involved, too. I'm probably not giving the credit that they deserve. But in putting together their data-driven top 12 Cardinals prospects, it's over on Medium. I don't know how Medium works. I'm sorry about that. We, what we should have done is got, had you guys... If you wanted to, we should have let you guys um, use birds on the black. If you're ever interested, you know, I'm sure me or gifts will uh, work it out for you. But uh, yeah, you guys did great work and I'm proud of you. And now I'm just rambling. Our good friend, uh, Iowa neck Derek over on Twitter says, I can't ask questions on YouTube. Then ask them there. That's fine. Hey, look, whatever works for you works for me. Uh, Kevin Lewis said, serenade me, daddy. I tried Kevin Lewis. I I really tried. I'm sorry that uh, I'm sorry for anybody who has no idea what Pat is. And their first experience with pad was me singing just incredibly and terribly off key uh, to my favorite band. I'm coming to pad with my dick out, says Tori May. Uh, Tori, put it away. Put that overgrown overgrown glitterism away. Uh, Sheikzi says, voice of an angel, body of a demon. My body is a wonderland. I'll sing that braun not brown says oh hey kyle hello braun not brown how are you it's nice to uh nice for you to be here again as people start to funnel in we we prefer the youtube experience over the twitter experience but if you don't have a youtube account and that's your only way to uh to talk it over stick on twitter live that's fine too we just want you guys to have a good time uh brett stillman says dakota hudson could be our ace if walker and Wynn get big league at bats this year my sweet sons uh I, yeah i get what you're saying there again it, i I think it'd be really awesome, and we'll talk about. It. I'm sure we'll talk about Jordan Walker a lot specifically as prospects after dark goes on on a Wednesday night. But the more I think about it, and it was something that Daniel Shopton and I talked about on Meet Me at Musial. Uh Did you love that postcard? <laughs> um, Any so we talked about it. At Meet me at Meet Me at Mutual, but like it does seem like they're going to give Jordan Walker every opportunity to break with the big league club. And in some ways, it feels like Jordan Walker is going to have the upper hand with it all. And I think that's kind of exciting. Now, it's not the way that I'd go about things. Uh, but at the same time, I'm all for open competition. And I think open competition is going to feed into that. Now, under no circumstance, do I want to Dakota Hudson to be the top pitcher for the Cardinals. I think that would mean everything's gone wrong. But at the same time, I do think I'd accept it for one year if it meant that Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker uh, eventually reached their ceilings and sooner rather than later. Uh, Cody Helderman says M-I-Z. Yeah, that was a rough go. So I didn't get to watch a game last night, uh, uh, but Mizzou got hammered by Auburn. You know, uh, it's really simple with Mizzou. They're so bad at rebounding that they have to make their shots. And if they don't make their shots, they're going to lose. And since they take so many three-point shots, uh they're gonna lose big or they're they're going to win maybe big potentially the love of my life that isn't Ashley. a uh, cardinal's gifts or my brother mike uh says mm, to my brother cardinal's gifts i, I love you buddy uh, i raise my glass of cerveza uh, yeah <sighs> hey mitch kitchens what's up mitch how are you sir Good evening from South Alabama to our South Alabama family. Again, I've got two El Monterey's here, or Cerveza Monterey. I'm going to raise my glass to them. It's been a big couple of weeks for uh, for the Kitchens family and uh, to, to everybody involved in that celebration over these last couple of weeks. All right, Caleb Noble is going to ask us a real question over on YouTube. And he says, did you see Ali's comments on Gorman and what do you think of his swing adjustments? uh were need to be you know we we've seen Nolan Gorman get out front a lot and i think that's part of the reason why he struggles with fastballs you know fastballs up cuz he's kind of out in front now Remember, when you're talking about uh, these comments that are early in camp, they mean nothing to me. And again, it's exciting. And Ali Marmol's one to be as straightforward and as honest as possible from a manager. But we're talking about the first day in in camp, so I'm not going to buy much into it. You know, from the side angle, it, it looked like he was his weight was back more. But swing adjustments aside, it's an approach issue with him. So we just like it's just like with with Paul DeYoung. It's a little different because Gorman's better than DeYoung but it's kind of the same thing where sure you can make all these mechanical adjustments that you want, but when it's in your mind, when the adjustment is a mental issue is a, a mental adjustment, as much as it is a swing adjustment, and you can tweak your swing to help, uh, um, to help work out some of those, those mental kinks. But when it's an approach issue more than it is an actual swing issue, I don't think, I don't think it matters that much. And again, this is the, his first it's a, you know, they've seen his swing cause they've all been down there or whatever, but like, let's not get carried away. Uh, let's see how it develops let's see how it keeps developing over on Twitter our good friend Derek says Moises Gomez looks like he is all man he is all man he's big and strong and bulky and he's thick thicky thicky thick girl uh Braun not Brown says, did did you move sorry it's been a while for me the latter you do uh the the later you do these the better yeah so uh, I've kind of moved I so I rearranged my living room. And because of that, the whole setup is different, Braun, not Brown. Uh, you know, when we get to the summertime, um, I'll probably adjust again uh, because I just, it's a lot noisier over on that side of the house during summer because of the air conditioning setup. Uh, so I'll probably adjust so that there's less noise. But yeah, look, it's a little bit different than how it's been. Over on tw- uh, YouTube, YouTube Live, our good friend Kareem, who we just talked about a second ago, said, "Sub Kyle, sub Kareem. How are you, bud? Uh, again, Kareem and Cardinals Reeks. They have over on Medium, they have uh, the top 12 Cardinals uh, prospects, data-driven, heavily data-driven, and it's fantastic. It's wonderful. Cannot support them and uh, promote them enough. That I'm They do great work, uh, and you should check that out. Again, so at some point tonight or tomorrow, I'll make a point to retweet it again. Uh, I have it linked in all of my Dirty 50 articles or posts. I don't like to call them articles because that would mean that I have writing talent and I'm a journalist, which I do not have writing talent, and I am not a journalist. Uh, so check that out. We'll, uh, over at the Dirty 50 posts, and, and you can uh, you can read them and, and read their stuff because it's awesome. Cody Helderman says, it's baseball season. That's right, Cody. To pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, to the World Baseball Classic. To spring training and opportunities. To Mason Wynn and Ozzy Smith having a little powwow. And what that means for the Win family. Uh, we raise, so I do have a little bourbon tonight. Just a little bit. This is uh, some uh, Woodford Reserve double oaked. So this will, this particular booze, this particular little toast, which I'm going to take very slowly, goes to Tom Ackerman as well, to the Camelworks family, Matt Pauly, uh, uh, um, uh, podcast, sports, open line. Once you're done with this, mm. man, I love that. Okay, so over on YouTube, we got a, a pretty aggressive uh, uh, Twitter conversation uh, going on here. Uh, Kev H says, what's your take on Moises Gomez? Yeah, we talked about Moises Gomez quite a bit, Kev H, Uh, not on this episode of Paz, but Pat. But yeah, look, he's going to swing a lot, he's going to miss a lot, and he's going to make a lot of hard contact. You know, uh, in my mind, I think when you're talking about him at the plate, you're probably talking about a ceiling of something similar to a Doliz Garcia. And I hate to keep beating that because I think it removes some of the nuances and differences of the both, of the two. But I really think that, like, if everything goes right for Moises Gomez, that's something similar to what you're gonna see. Now in the field, he's he's very much more raw. Uh, we've seen him get picked off at of bases, we've seen him make some bad base running decisions, make some poor mental errors out in the outfield, you know. Uh, so it's just a matter of what he does with the at bats that he gets. You know, we've talked about it too, that we would think that he's gonna be in a battle for a lot of DH outfield at bats uh with with Juan Yepes as we enter spring training. Now, for me, it'll be Yepes over. Gomez all day of the week because I I like the whole batting profile of Juan Yepes, the hitting profile more than I like Gomez. But Moises Gomez is going to get some really important at-bats for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, what he'll do with those at-bats, it's tough. When you're talking about a guy who swings and misses as much as Gomez does, you just never really know what that's going to mean. Uh, What I think it's going to mean is that if he's given enough of a run, and this is why with guys like Moises Gomez, I'm always quick to say, I don't know if it'll happen in the Cardinals organization because the Cardinals are kind of win now, right? Like Jag, Adoles Garcia goes to Texas when Texas is kind of shitty. They need outfielders and he gets a chance to work out some of the kinks over 200 at-bats before he starts hitting a lot of home runs. And that might happen with Moises Gomez. He might not run into the power right away. You know, the big thing for him is not extending his swing. He's so big and strong that he can make a lot of contact, and that's where all the hard hit comes from, just his his pure strength. So it's a matter of him being patient, staying within himself, and doing what he can within a bat without extending out. We saw him do that at the beginning of his time in Memphis. He was getting chase happy. He was going after everything, trying to do damage. And if he does that at the Major League level, when he eventually gets a Major League debut, then it's going to – create a hole for him that he might not be able to dig himself out and and probably won't be able to dig himself out in the Cardinals organization because they have so many other viable options, uh, uh, present, but you know, all of those guys, Burleson, Yepes, uh, they're going to Gorman, probably uh, Gomez, they're going to have to make do with limited at-bats. Now this, this spring, we know that they're going to get a ton of at-bats because the world baseball classic, blah, 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 blah. But they're going to have to do the most that they can with as few at-bats as possible. Over on YouTube, David Watts says, "What's do you, what do you see the Cardinals doing with pitchers like Connor Thomas and Jake Walsh this year? I like both of them, but don't see as don't see as much about them." Yeah, look, uh, over again on uh, the podcast that we did with uh, C70, uh, meet me unusual on Friday. By the way, we miss Allen. I love Allen Medlock. I hope everything's going well with the Tulsa baseball, the Tulsa high school baseball program. Love that kid. Uh, I love love Allen. He's an awesome guy. But uh, we talked about Jake Walsh a little bit. I maintain that Jake Walsh has every chance to be, uh, he should get every chance to win a spot out of the bullpen in spring. If he's healthy, which he is, then that's a dynamic arm. And that might mean he gets option back and forth a couple different times between the majors and the minors. Uh, But, you know that's the type of depth that good bullpens are built on top of. I think I think by the time we get to September, if he's healthy, he's going to be playing a prominent role in the bullpen. You know we we know how volatile the bullpen is uh, at a major league level, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I believe. Uh, now, Connor Thomas is different. I would suspect that Connor Thomas will be in the Zach Thompson role. Uh, in 2023 that Thompson was in 2022. I think you're going to see him kind of be a swing guy. He might get his first taste as a bullpen option. I think that he might get a couple starts here and there. I know Thompson only got one start, I think, but he might get a couple starts here and there. Uh, He doesn't throw with that velocity. So he's probably, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of varying success he has, but he also has better command than Thompson has. So he's not going to be a high throttle left-handed reliever, high octane, high throttle, left-handed reliever, but there is a spot for Connor Thomas in that bullpen, especially with as open of a competition as that appears to be. So uh, yeah, like that's that's my thoughts. Look, the, they're all depth. Now, personally, I'm just like everybody else. I wish the Cardinals had something that was just a little bit more sure, a little bit more veteran on the left side of the bullpen. And while I am bullish on Jojo Romero and Connor Thomas and uh, appropriately bullish on Packy Naughton. And I love Zach Thompson. I think Jojo uh, Jojo and I think Thompson, uh, I think the two of those guys could be a really solid left-handed pairing. I am not bullish on Genesis Cabrera. He's going to have to show me something for me to be bullish. The Cardinals tried to jam him down our throats in September. And luckily he blew up before he got there. Cause it would have been terrible at the major league level. Uh, but that's they both, both Walsh and Thomas will have a chance to make a major league impact in 2023. And, we'll see in what, <coughs> what capacity for for Walsh, it'll definitely be in a bullpen ro- role and for Thomas, it'll be opportunity driven uh, more so than it will be be anything else that that's just my thought. over on uh, Twitter, not Brown says in order for Hudson to be an ace, he'd have to realize working ahead and the count is a good thing. Yeah, that's a big thing. that's a big thing. I need some water. I'm choking on something. Oh, Jesus, I'm already going too fast. Avatar Dan says, Did you see the video of Wynn and Ozzy meeting? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that uh, a little bit. It was really awesome. I loved it. You know, uh, Wynn talked about it. His stepdad loves Ozzy, all that. Really awesome. You know, uh, these are the moments why we love being Cardinal fans, right? This is the tradition. This is the history. This is the past meeting the future. And even if it is just a 50 second clip on a backfield at Roger Dean Stadium in the middle of February, it is the right type of sentiment to warm the cold winter heart of a Cardinals baseball fan. Uh, Braun, not Brown says Gorman swing is fine, it's 100% an approach. By the way, Don is fine. You don't need to say my whole stupid Twitter. I, I may, i might look, I've just uh, Braun, I, Braun, not Brown, I might, I might not look. It's all stream of consciousness. I just see what I see and I go, uh, hearing anything about Ian Bedell health wise, I hear he's healthy. And that's really all I know. Over on YouTube, I'm going to try to get to YouTube a little bit more. Sorry, guys. I got distracted as I kind of went on. A, oh, I went on a rant. Uh, Tim Tim Nicolai says, greetings from Brooklyn to all our Brooklyn people. Believe it or not, Pat has a hell of a Brooklyn, uh, upstate New York, New York, uh, Northeast following. So to all my, my Pat people in Brooklyn, in the Northeast, uh, uh, to Victoria, we raise our glass. Oh, boy, we're going to go through some booze tonight, aren't we? Hey, over on Twitter, uh, our good friend who we love, Troy Poole says, Hey, buddy, we're curious about who you think the catcher will be in Peoria this season. Thanks. Yeah, look, I think that there's a really good chance that you're going to get the 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 dynamic duo of Leonardo Bernal and Jimmy Crooks. I think that makes the most sense to me. That's going to be the most exciting catcher tandem in the system. And that includes, you know, Avon Rod- Herrera up at AAA with Pedro Pajes. Uh, we'll see what happens with Nick Raposo. You know, he's third year at Springfield more than likely. Um, yeah. That's my thought. Look, uh, I don't think Bernal's going to go back to Palm beach. And I don't think Crooks is going to go back to Palm beach. And because they have kind of a jam of catchers up at the top level, Aaron Antonini, we didn't even talk about. Uh, I think that that's, that's probably the most likely scenario. Uh, by the way, I, if, if you say we were wondering, I'm going to raise, uh, I'll raise my water to Zach. Now, For those of you who don't know, Troy Poole is an awesome guy, one of our Peoria people, Peoria area people, uh, who we love. And Troy has a son named Zach, and Zach is killing it. Uh, He's an athlete. He's a big kid. He's wrestling. He's winning wrestling matches. He's learning in the process, uh, a hog the on the line in football, learning and getting better and getting better. He's a great kid who I've had the pleasure of meeting in person. The whole pool family, you guys are awesome. Uh, Zach, my man, my buddy. I've, I to you, bud. I I wish you the best. I'm so proud of you. As somebody who doesn't really know you all that well, but hey, to you, man. Like, keep it up. Keep getting. Keep doing the school. Keep getting good grades in school. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep learning. Keep getting better, bud. To you. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't be more proud of you. Over on YouTube, Cards Cookie says, Kyle, cheers, friends, to you, Cards Cookie. Welcome to Prospect After Dark. Uh, Jesse Sample with a little cheer. So to to, Cards Cookie, to Jesse Sample, to Mika Sturdivant, uh, I raise my glass to all the pad people who are in here on a beautiful Wednesday night uh, in St. Louis, probably in Jupiter, Florida. It's like 60 degrees or something at 730 at night. We raise our booze. I guess technically it's not beer. Or it's not booze, it's beer. But it's all booze, really, when you think about it. PSY, I... Psy insists, which is fun. Kyle, how much should we overreact to Moises Gomez? Inevitable 1.018 OPS in spring. Hey, you know what? This is what I say. I say overreact to it. Look, I'm all about... I just want to see... I just want to see the kids do well. You know, like we've had... We've kind of had a string of somewhat disappointment, disappointing performances from the kids, and it's only disappointing because we, myself included, maybe we hype them up a little bit too much. You know, uh, it seems like it's it's the steady players that end up making the most, right? Our good friend Brendan Donovan, our good friend Juan Yepes, uh, our good friend Tommy Edmund, who probably hates me because I, for a really long time, I undersold his value, and I keep doing it and keep doing it. and I'm trying to be better about it, uh, but uh, and I need to start appreciating Tommy Edmond more than just having all of those big, huge dicks. But, you know, that's all to say that if I think I think that if he has that kind of OPS, if he puts up a, a one point anything OPS, a nine OPS, get him to the majors, see if he can get a nice little run good until it expires and then get the next guy up here and get some run good. Uh, and if he's if he's doing that, get excited about anybody, not name Paul DeYoung who does it, because Paul De Young's going to be bad any way you cut it. Uh, yeah, we just need to kind of resign ourselves to that. Now, I love Paul DeYoung. We need to give him uh, an honest opportunity to prove that the mechanical adjustments that he made uh, are working. And if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. I don't think they're going to work because I think it's a mental thing. I don't even think it's an approach thing. I think he's just so trapped in his own head. Uh, but, you know, we'll wait and see. I'm rooting for Paul DeYoung. I'm rooting for all these guys. Hey, Miranda uh, over on YouTube says, hey, Kyle, hello, Miranda. Uh, again, I, I don't retweet you because your, your account's locked. but. You've been doing really great stuff over on Redbird Rants. Uh, keep up the great work over on Twitter. Uh, IO1X says, you think Cabrera gets uh, traded? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what to think. I I think that that just depends on how the season progresses. My guess would be that the Cardinals will go into the season with all of their left-handed options out of the bullpen because they're, they're probably going to need all of their left-handed options out of the bullpen. And then what happens after that? It's hard to say, you know, I judging by how the Cardinals handled Hennessy Cabrera at the end of the 2022 season my guess would be they still think that he has a lot left in the tank that they still think he could be a major league contributor and I'm not going to tell you he's not going to be I'm going to tell you that when I saw him at Memphis he was terrible uh, he got his velocity back a little bit but he just wasn't good even when he was having good results you could tell it was kind of uh, uh, it was kind of an illusion those results uh, and hopefully this offseason kind of helps set him straight a lot can happen in three months, right? Uh, even for an established major leaguer. And here's the hoping that our, our good friend, Genesis Cabrera, has started to turn it around, took a little time off of baseball, and hopefully he's where the Cardinals need him to be and where he was at points during the 2021 season. Uh, other than that, like I I don't think that they'll trade him, and I really don't know what, what the move would be uh, other than to send him back down to Memphis. Does he have another option here? Does he, ha- he has one option here, right? Uh, while he hopes to get it right, and the Cardinals can use him as more depth. Ann Z over on YouTube says, How aggressive do you think the Cardinals will be with stealing bases? It seems there are a few guys who could wreak havoc, which I am very pro. Yeah, Ann, I think you're right. I think you're dead on. I think that the Cardinals will use their speed on the bases. I think that they will use that to their advantage. You know, uh, even, even someone like Jordan Walker, you know, his straight line speed is really good. We know that. If he makes major leagues, I could see him stealing bases. I could see... Newt stealing 10 to 15, Uh, uh, you know, uh, O'Neal stealing 10 to 25, somewhere in there, getting Tommy Edmund back up to 20, 30, Brendan Donovan up to 10 ish. Yeah, look, I think that I think that they're going to try to wreak havoc on the bases. They always use the early part of the season as a chance to give guys room to grow. Uh, That's why for the first two months of the season, they have a 500 record every year and we're all pulling our damn hair out or our beards out, depending on how follically challenged we are. For me, it's my beard and also my pubes because I'll be honest with you, those pubes are overgrown right now. It's pretty disgusting, but I like to do it because I know those first two months of the season, I'm going to have to pull some hair out and it's hard on my face to pull that out. Now, I've got a really small penis and I've got really tough area there. So I can just pull those pubes out and pull them out and pull them out and pull them out and be fine. It happens every year. So, you know, it's pretty well built up with strength. So uh, yes, I, I think that they'll use those first two months. Hopefully, they use those first two months to test how frequently they can move on the base paths. Because I, I do think that the extra, the extra four inches in total, when you're talking about going from one base to the other, I think it's going to make a huge difference uh, for the Cardinals. And uh, you know, here's the hope in Wilson Contreras' arm, which is really fucking good, uh, uh, maintains its strength over. Oh. Over on Twitter, our good friend Jay Knob says all the D50 write-ups have been amazing. Keep it up! Yeah, look, uh, you know, I do want to thank everybody uh, genuinely for participating and supporting the Dirty Fifty. Uh, I it's taken a lot of work, and I hate writing, and it's terrible. But to all the people who have participated in the Dirty Fifty, who have uh, given it clicks and have read it and looked at the gifts, uh, again, I I will raise my glass to you guys. I am I am thankful for it. Uh, Again, I hate doing it. I'm sorry it's not better than what it is. I promise that uh, luckily we've got like Reeks and Kareem uh, putting out good content. We've got Jeff Ponce over on Baseball America putting out good content. Uh, Brian Walton and Blake Newberry over on the Cardinal Nation putting out great Cardinals prospect, in the written for- prospect information in written form. Subscribe to all of those services. Uh, it's, it's deserving. But to all of my dirty people, all of my pad people, thank you so much for being supportive. God, we're through one beer already. Uh, Tim Nikolai says, what Cardinals prospect would you most like to have a beer with, and why is it Jordan Walker? Look, I'll be honest. I'll buy all of those kids beer. They're all under 21. Ten Kentz wants beer. I'll get Markeveian beer. If Mason Wynn wants beer, which he doesn't, I'll get him beer. Jordan Walker wants a beer. I'll get him a beer. Uh, who would I most... Uh, who would I most like to have a beer with? Uh, you know, so... Uh, we we kind of joked around about it last week, but I, you know, Kramer Robertson, I, I mentioned, I thought would be interesting. He's not really a prospect. That doesn't really count. Um, you know, Chandler Redmond, I, I love the Redmond family. They're awesome people. I, I would love to get a chance to have a beer with him. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's some families I've like made contacts with players. I made contacts with that somewhere down the line. I'd like to get a beer with when I don't have to write about them anymore uh, when they're major leaguers. Uh, like those are the guys and I'll kind of refrain from that. Cause I don't really want to get into it. And I feel like I just sold one of them out. So hopefully we don't, uh, we don't get anybody in trouble, but yeah. You know, how about this? I'll say somebody that I don't have any connections with that. I would have loved to have gotten a beer with is Matthew Libertor. I honestly, again, not a prospect exactly, but Matthew Libertor is one of those guys. I'd love to just sit down and get a feel for, because to be honest, he seems super dull. He's pretty well insulated from the rest of the teams, the uh, rest of the players other than Gorman. And even then he's kind of insulated and even Gorman's kind of insulated from him whole weird thing with those two from my, my understanding and again I have no connection to either of them uh uh I think uh uh Luke Libertor has been a pad person here and there especially when the Cardinals first traded for Matthew but uh other than that like he seems like a good guy I just like to get to know better I'd like to know more about him I'd like to know what makes him tick other than you know political answers on uh on uh you know interviews and stuff like that Yes, Rhett Garrity says, Kyle, the only correct answer to who you'd have a beer with is obvious. It's Rhett. Yeah, Rhett's my boy. I met Rhett at uh, uh at Schnooks um in Richmond Heights to to Rhett. I raised my grass. My gra- to Rhett, I raised my grass. I raised my glass of again. This is this, it's one of these that's inside of one of these that's inside of here. Uh but yeah, to you. I raised my glass. Said, yeah, dude, i would get a beer with you in a heartbeat. Yeah, it was really cool to meet you. Hey, uh, here's our good friend Kareem. Kareem says, Kyle, I just finished reading all your write-ups. Incredible job. I didn't have the patience to read one a day. Hey, look, uh, Kareem, I appreciate it, man. Again, uh, I'm not just saying this. You know, like, I mean this. I'm not just saying this. And I hope that it's coming through this way, not just to you, but to the people who have heard me say it. Like, you guys rocked. You rocked that data-driven top 12 prospects. And it was awesome. And again, like, I'm just so proud of you guys. You should be proud of yourselves. I'm just so proud of you. I think what you're doing is high caliber. And again, thank you. Thank you for being in here and talking it out. And, uh, you know, being kind of a sounding board for me a little bit here and there. And, you know, pushing me. And like, I I feel like I need to be better for you and for you guys, for everybody in pad and for the whole audience. And you guys help push that. So it makes me want to be better. So again, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're the best, man. VHS says who would Walker get the upper hand on for a roster spot? Because if he's not starting, what's the point? Yeah. So I think, I think it'll just be what happens in spring. I know that that sounds crazy, but I think that there's a real chance that the Cardinals will give him every option, which means that, does that mean Tyler O'Neill ends up getting platoon options? If, if he doesn't look like Tyler O'Neill? Yeah, like I do think that's what will happen. I know it's crazy. I think the same thing will go with Dylan Carlson. I think it's part of the reason again, I don't, it's not something that I necessarily agree with. It's not something that I would do, uh, especially with some of the other poor decisions roster-wise that the Cardinals have made in the first couple months of the season, keeping veterans who are terrible for no reason. Uh, so, yeah, look, I, I do. I think that it, I don't think that if it's a platoon or if he's not starting, I don't think he's going to be up there. And you know, again, the defense of it all is really where the big question is because is he de- is he going to be defensive ready? And if he's not defensive ready, then no, I mean, no matter how good that bat is. Uh, it's, I, I want to see him get super comfortable in a corner up field spot before we start, you know, putting a lot of pressure on him to be the hitter that we know he can be. So, uh, I, again, I, I think that it's going to be an open competition. I think the Cardinals are going to give him every chance to win a spot. And they're also going to give those other guys every chance to lose a spot. Uh, you know, Dylan's got options. Lars has options. I think, uh, Tyler might have an option or two, but uh, no, he'd probably have to, he'd probably have to approve it at this point. So probably not. Um, but yeah, like there are options and there's a way to get it. But I think you're right. Like if he's not going to be a starter, if he's not going to get five starts in seven days, then then he'll go back down and get some time in Memphis for sure. Tom Cook says, hey, hey, what's up, Tom? How are you, bud? Uh, hey, Kyle, what's the perfect way to cook a steak? Um, so uh, you just eat it raw, baby. You put that steak in your mouth and you gobble it down. No, so here's what I do with the steak, right? True story. True story. If we're going to get in, let's get into hot steak talk. (laughs) The first thing I do. No. So uh, I use the Alton Brown method, right? So you get home, you have your steak uh, and then you you hammer with a lot of salt. You hammer with a lot of pepper. First off, you pat it dry. Salt, pepper, bam. Let it sit on the counter for a little while. Uh, Again, you can do it in the refrigerator, pull it out the next day put it in the counter, let it get room temperature in a super hot skillet, super, super hot with some oil, super, super hot with some oil. Uh, uh, again, this is not barbecue. Barbecue is always the best, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so then super hot, you put that steak in, I cover it is what I do. Uh, and then, uh, this is one of the methods for about a minute, minute and a half, cook it, flip that motherfucker, do it another minute, minute and a half, pull that motherfucker out, wrap it in foil, let it sit for two minutes, eat that motherfucker. Now, the other way to do it again, uh, pre do all those prep steps oven 450 500 whichever one you choose it's up to you i don't really care uh uh, uh, 500 then you do the steak in the pan put the steak in the pan put that motherfucker right in the oven cook that motherfucker for about five-ish minutes pull that motherfucker out take that steak wrap it in foil two to five minutes to rest eat that motherfucker that's how you cook a steak Uh, I think, I don't really know. Look, I'm going to be honest. I would eat any steak raw because I I like meat, uh, not to upset vegetarians who I really don't mean to upset in any way, uh, to each their own in their own lifestyle is what I say. Uh, Uh, and honestly, I've messed around with being a vegetarian for a while and all I did was eat sugar. So that's why I'm back to eating meat and also fat as fuck. Brett Stillman says, how much of a help will the new spring facility be going forward? Yeah. You know, uh, it's hard for me to say, I don't, I can only speculate that it will be a big help. I can only trust what the organization is saying, what the front office is saying. I know from talking to some of those kids at Palm beach that they don't really like the facility all that much. So I think that that would, it would help brighten spirits a little bit. Get any more room is better room, especially, you know, when you have a 90 minor leaguers down there or whatever. So yeah, I I think it'll help, but you know, it's all a selling point is all that any of that is really, um, I I think it'll be a beautiful sight to behold when it's finally done. And hopefully uh, it's everything the Cardinals hope it can be. Our good friend Matt Stromer says, hey, Kyle, go cards. How about those terrible spring training ads? Yeah, you know, honestly, I have, even though I watched a lot of video today, I didn't really pay attention to them. I I think that what I would like, so I like the angry bird, right? It's the angry bird. Am I wrong about that? The fucking, the bird with the pitching, the starter who's on the stretch, uh, uh, coming out of the stretch rather. Ooh, yeah, like uh, that that bird. Like I like that bird. What I would like is I would like that bird, that red bird on the navy hat or a gray hat or something, something a little off, something a little different for spring training instead of the red on red. I don't like that. I do like the spring training logo. I think that that's pretty good. Uh, Matt Stromer says bring back a link for jersey. And you know what, Matt, you're one hundred percent right. Everybody, stay right there. Oh God! Oh my God! Oh my God!
1: Ba-ba-ba. Ba-ba-ba.
0: great to matt stromer we raise our beer good call matt oh you can't see it oh god how do i hold on oh boy this is gonna take a half an hour isn't it oh my god how do you wait no i gotta go this way. hold on this way is it this way if we go this way there we go now we've got that sweet length for jersey Dave Watts says any player you think any players you think are going to break out and be a surprise and actually contributing to the Cardinals this year. Yeah, you look again. So right now it doesn't seem like a surprise, but I do think Moises Gomez is going to have an impact on the Cardinals. I don't think it's going to be 130 WRC plus over 500 at bats. No, but I think in 200 bats, you're going to have a 117, 115 WRC plus with like 15 home runs. Uh, that are that are key that's what I think you know I think I think it's the arms that are going to end up making the difference like you know we've talked about it it's just a matter of opportunities for outfielders you know some of those old outfielders that we probably don't talk we probably talk I probably talk too much about but we everybody else doesn't talk enough about who I keep beating you know and I keep calling Chandler Redmond an outfielder he's more of a first baseman but he's a utility player which means he's probably gonna play a little third or second or outfield it's gonna be kind of shabby here or there but like uh, I, so like, I think Chandler Redmond, Mac Perniak, Chase Pender, you know, I, Oscar Mercado. I think all of those guys are going to play a role for the Cardinals at some point during the 2023 season for sure. But I think it comes down to those bullpen arms. And again, we talk about all of the same bullpen arms a lot. You know, obviously Wilking Rodriguez is going to get a chance uh, right out of spring training and during spring training to be a high octane right-handed reliever. And then you have Guillermo Ziniga, who's going to get every opportunity to be a high-octane right-handed reliever. I think Jake Walsh, who we talked about a little earlier ago, uh, a little earlier, I think he's going to have a huge role to play for the Cardinals if he's healthy. That fastball, curveball, with a little bit of slider uh, uh, here and there, I think think he's major league ready. And the only thing that uh, holds him back is his health. I think he's going to play a huge role um, if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy. We talked about Logan Sawyer. You know, I, I think, again, those those down system right-handed relievers, Andrew Marrero, Andre Granillo, Gianluca Delatri, you know, uh, I think those guys are worth keeping an eye on. I think, you know, if you want to talk about starters at the minor leagues who could have a quick ascent to a bullpen role, and again, I'm being way, way aggressive with it, there's probably a 1% chance of this happening. But I could envision a situation in which Austin Love puts him in a position, puts himself in a position to make a bullpen impact if given a chance. Like that, that might be. But like, I think, I think when you look at this Cardinal team, I don't think that that's there's this, like I don't think there's a Juan Yepes this year. I don't think there's a Brendan Donovan this year. Not exactly. Uh, I think the Brendan Brendan Donovan Juan Yepes are of last year are the are Brendan Donovan and Juan Yepes. I think Nolan Gorman. I think it's all of these these qu- commodities that we're still kind of up in the air about Alec Burleson. Like I think those are the guys because of how uh, heavy the Cardinals are up top. They're going to have the best chance of making a major league impact. Uh, and then, you know, whatever happens happens after that. Um, I, it'd be really cool if it ended up being Oscar Mercado. Honestly, I think that would be the, uh, the, the, coolest thing ever. I hope that answered your question. Bo Barton says, what's up gang. Hello, Bo. How are you? I'm going to get some water. I'm going to raise my glass. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm gonna raise my glass of water, man. I hammered that beer, and for whatever reason, I got mouth like a dickhead. Uh, Alex Foster says pine tar or asphalt tar. Uh, you know, Alex Foster, uh, I'm I'm 100% dirty, dirty asphalt. It's the only thing I have. It's it's all I know is that dirty, dirty asphalt. Some of that prime, as it were. Uh, that's all I know. Okay, so our good friend Clayton Pidcock, this was a half an hour ago. I'm sorry for taking so long to get to this. Uh, I'm sorry for taking so long to get to this. Uh, Again, we're about a half an hour behind. I promise we get to every question on Prospect After Dark, every comment. Uh, Our good friend Clayton, father of Cameron, we love the Pidcock, says, worried about Bally's bankruptcy and your three-figure play-by-play contract. I'm definitely interested in the Bally bankruptcy thing. I cannot wait to see how this plays out. You know, I still don't think that we have a full grasp of exactly what's going on with the Cardinals' ownership stake in in the Bally product and how that all works for them. If Bally goes bankrupt, can't make a payment, and all of those feeds go through MLB TV, like and how that works, uh, how you know, that's going to be the most fascinating thing. I am I am worried about how this all plays out for the Cardinals in the long run. Uh, and I can't, I really can't wait to see how the next, you know, month goes. You know, today the Cardinals released their ballot, the ballet release, not the Cardinals released their spring television schedule. And I thought this is fascinating to me too. I don't even know what to make of this. So uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really incredible to watch that all play out. What it means for the Cardinals. Cause you know, I don't think there aren't a whole lot of teams that have the ownership stake in their RSN the way that the Cardinals do. So I don't really know how that's all going to work out. I wish I had more information. And yeah, like I was hoping to collect my $100 paycheck from them, and it doesn't look like I'm going to get that now. Uh, Jesse, we need, Jesse, we need to cook. Says the Adolis garcia trade isn't criticized enough. Yeah, you know, uh, the re- let me tell you why I think it's not criticized enough and also why it's probably criticized appropriately, which is hardly ever. It's because, look, they traded him for cash, right? to the Rangers. And then the Rangers made him available to everybody on waivers, every team and every team passed on him. And at that point to me, that nullifies some of the Cardinals um, blame on that end. You know, when, when all you have to do is pick a league minimum player up and put them on your 40 man and no one takes that, then, then that's that like, that's an absolving. That's like, so you've been forgiven for your sins in my book. Now, again, again, not to beat up on past managers, but to me, the blame for the Adoles-Garcia trade goes to Mike Schilt, who had no idea how to manage a 26- or 25-man roster and who cost the Cardinals uh, an opportunity to see better players while stick- instead of sticking with veteran. He cost the Cardinals a chance to see, honestly, Adoles Garcia and Randy Arozarena by sticking with hitters and outfielders who were hitting sub two hundred in September. Right, uh, Ozuna was hitting sub two hundred. Fowler was hitting sub two hundred. De- uh, Harrison Bader hitting like two hundred ish, right about there in September of twenty nineteen. And because of that, we never saw Randy Arozarena. He got like four bats, and they were all good hits. And but Mike Schilt's inability to manage a full roster fucked the Cardinals out of that trade. And at that point, Adoles Garcia seemed like depth. Uh, you know, we saw. Uh, uh, Matheny, do it with uh, Aledmes Diaz too. Like that, because these guys don't fit in with a certain mold or a certain mind frame within the manager's system, they get kind of fucked. And because of that, Cardinals fans get fucked. Uh, so to me, it's not like the criticism of the trade doesn't go to the Cardinals front office. I hate to be that way. It was all right, we've got all this outfield depth. Uh, and Adoles Garcia has, nobody wants to trade for Adoles Garcia. So we'll just try to get some cash in return. We'll clear a 40 man spot and we'll put one of the kids on that might have a chance with us. And then the Rangers didn't even go that far. The Rangers just said, we need to clear a 40 man spot. Let's get this motherfucker on waivers. And nobody picked him up. Uh, Miranda hello says, no kidding, Miranda. I'm sorry. Again, a half an hour ago, as I keep rambling and rambling Kareem says, I've been working on an article, of potential breakout candidates in the Cardinal system. Don't want to spoil the whole list, but, but. Be- Bedell and Victor Scott are a couple names on it. Yeah, you know, uh, Kareem, keep digging. I mean, you know this, but keep digging into Victor Scott. Like, so honestly, Victor Scott, there was one version of the dirty where I had Victor Scott 15th and then Pete Hansen sixteen, and then McGreevy 17th. And I just, I feel like I owe it. And this is where I get in trouble and where I, I, I kind of did a course correct with Jimmy Crook's is with the kids and with Cooper Jerpy, who I put second to a uh, like, I I just want them to get a little time in the organization before I over, um, I overcommit to the hype. So I backpedaled a little bit with Victor Scott. And I think he's still kind of raw, even out in the field and with his speed, but like, it's all elite. We've talked about that the potential to be consistently elite or plus plus. So yeah, look, I think you're on the right track. I love it. I love what you're doing. Uh, Nolan is not a brawn. Nolan is not a brawn. Uh, Wazers, this is brawn. This feed is 100, 1000% better. Yeah. Isn't it Uh, uh, uh brawn? Yeah. I'm telling you it's way, way better. Uh, let's see. We've got Kareem is putting Brett Stillman into contact, uh, with, uh, the, the data driven top 12, we love that. Our good friend, Cardinals Gifts, who we love, says, Stu is in the studio but wants me to tell you he loves you. And then Moises Gomez has a huge mandingo dick. Yes, Stu, look, thank you for being here, Stu. Oh, no, I spilled my booze. Oh, my God, what do I do on the on laptop? Uh, oh, boy, you guys, I don't have a – I got some bad news and I got some good news, guys. It doesn't look like I have anything to clean off the booze that I just spilled on my keyboard. But you know what that means. Oh,
1: God. All right, let's do it. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. So this is my only option to clean off my keyboard. So my shirt is off. And I might huff this bourbon, to be honest with you. We'll see how long this lasts. But, yeah. So, Stu, you took my shirt off. But to you, Stu, to all the birds on the block, to all the pad people. Oh, my God. Look at these disgusting man boobs. How did I get so chunky? Oh, my God. I look so much better on the YouTube feed because you can't see my nipples. under the bottom part of my stomach. mm 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 how do I do this now? Oh, my God. Put the microphone. Well, I, uh, God damn it. I'm so good at what I do. David Watts says, thoughts on Von Doesn't impress me, but maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, look, uh, David Watts, I can't speak for how much of the minor leagues you've watched, but uh, I would say that, uh, 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 you know, if you watch him in the minors, he is an impressive young man. You watch him at the major leagues, you saw small little tidbits you didn't tidbits as i take my shirt off and basically rub my own nipples in the air um you know you saw tidbits you didn't really get to see a whole lot of avon herrera so it's hard to exactly say that you were impressed or unimpressed like if you have a small a small sample of a player and you've already made up your mind about if you they impressed you or they didn't like we have to stay more open-minded because of small samples and we have to give guys a chance to impress we can't say that they didn't impress us we just Haven't been impressed yet. Again, that's a whole uh, mind gymnastics, uh, uh, mental gymnastics. But uh, so anyways, like what's impressive about him when he's on, he's an all contact uh, contact to all fields hitter with surprising pop who uh, people again talking to pitchers in the system. They like throwing him. There's a preparedness issue there that that he needs to continue to get better. Uh, But, you know, I would also I would also give you a chance at, at finding some context because we know that catching at the major league level is incredibly hard. Uh, catching at the minor league level is incredibly hard and it takes catchers longer to develop because of what's asked of them. And they're asked a lot. They're asked a lot. So yeah, when a 22 year old isn't impressive in a very, very small sample size at the major leagues, I don't blame people for not quote unquote being impressed But I would also say you got to give a catching prospect as much time as possible. And you actually have to give him a real opportunity. Now, if he wasn't ready for the opportunity or if he didn't seize his opportunity, I'm not going to get into that. I don't really know. But while he might not be ever be a top of the line catcher in the major leagues, he's a major league catcher. He has that opportunity. He has that ability. To what range, I can't speak to. I don't know. I think it's still high. I think he's still going to be a starter for some team for three to five years. Uh, uh, You know, 100 starts a year, backup potential for a couple years there, too. I think between his bat and his catching prowess, I think that's what he's capable of. But it's just a matter of him putting it all together and doing it consistently and working on the preparedness side of it, because that's what matters. Uh, Alex Foster says, just ice here. Yeah, uh, I have just ice, too. Brett Stillman says, Jordan and Mason will never disappoint me. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you one bit. Uh, <laughs> Sheik Z. Hey, sh- sh- what can I, can I call you? Zed? Is, can I just call you Zed? Is that okay? Sheik Z. Am I pronouncing it right? What's my straight line speed? Six. I can get uh, six minutes it takes me to run from home to first. Nolan and uh, not Braun. Uh, says I can't say that I hate when Dakota pitches, but I think I'd rather be pitching. Yeah, look, I hopefully, hopefully, we have a whole new Dakota Hudson, right? But there are a few things as painful as watching Dakota Hudson pitch uh, a Dakota Hudson start. We'll see. Hopefully, he's changed. Uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Rowland says, Hey, Kyle, who do you think will be the top Cardinals prospect, and which Cardinal prospect do you think will be a top 100 LB prospect after next season? Well, you know, I think uh, who will be a top Cardinals prospect in one season? I think that it's going to be Cooper Jerpy. And who do I think will be a top 100 prospect at that point? You know, I'm operating under the assumption that at that point, Graceffo will have lost his his eligibility, that Walker will have lost his eligibility. So I will say that uh, uh, it'll be Jerpy win hence in the top 100, and then... I'll say Jonathan Mejia because everybody's already angling for him to find his way on that list, and I'll say uh, I'll say Joshua Baez puts together enough enough batted ball data that he's on some top hundred lists here and there. That's that's just my guess. Sarah Ann says hi, Kyle. Sorry I'm late. I came in as fast as I could. What are your thoughts on Cooper Jerpy? Uh, my thoughts are that he's amazing, and I can't wait to see how fast he. Works his way through the organization. I can't see wait to see what's next for him. I can't wait to see what the Cardinals do with him, where he starts at. Uh, I can't wait to see um, what how quickly he can move through the organization because that lefty is really awesome and he's fun to watch and uh, he's really exciting. And we called him Herpes on opening night uh, when the Cardinals drafted him, which is fantastic. You know, for some reason, since I took my shirt off, I'm awfully distracted, and I think it's because I'm self conscious. To be honest with you. Also because my nipples are disgusting, as is the hair on my chest and my whole body and the way I look. So I'm going to go ahead and put this shirt on, even though I wiped off booze with it, uh, and actually hope for the best. Hope it soaks into my skin faster, now that it's closer to uh, my skin. Uh, Nolan uh, Braun says, uh, I'm glad you decided to take the dirty 30 to 50. I am not. It's been exhausting. And not only that, I have... I have five more articles to write, which might turn into six, which I still have to talk to gifts about because I just can't decide what to do with those guys like Wilking Rodriguez and Kenny and, and uh, Logan Sawyer, like all those older players that the Cardinals of Oscar Mercado, who I don't really need to write about but like, I want to also write about them, but I don't want them to be a part of the shrines. Uh, the shrines being my, my, so I've got, here's a, here's what's left on the dirty, right? So, Uh, Today, we released prospect number 23 on Twitter, Andre Granillo. Now, all of the top 51 write-ups are on Birds on the Black. You can go ahead and check them out if you want. In addition, we have five hitters that just missed uh, and five pitchers that just missed the dirty 50. Uh, And then I also have the shrines. Uh, Shrine part one will be pitchers. Shrine part two will be hitters. That's where I just go through all of the other prospects in the organization you need to keep a close eye on. And then I have an argument. Uh, the argument is where I just, I it's like word vomit, where I just tell you my thoughts about the dirty 50. That's where I'll probably give you my personal. Uh, if I'm being biased, if I'm taking bias out of it, uh, I'll probably tell you the prospect. That's where I give my sleepers. Um, so there's that. And then, like I said, I might do one article. If I decide not to incorporate the older players, uh, I might do one in there. So Yeah, look, I'm glad everybody's enjoying it. That means a lot to me, and I'm sorry I didn't. I hope I'm not embarrassing uh, birds on the black by putting out my crap. Over on Twitter, uh, Ty Byers says, I really love guys like Matt Carpenter and Tommy Edmund. What prospects should I start fangirling over that are kind of like those guys? You know, uh, if you want to get down the line, like, so here's the thing, right? Jimmy Crooks is a top 10 prospect on my list. He's a top 10 prospect on Cardinal Reeks and Kareem's list. He's not a top 10 prospect anywhere else. So if you want to start fangirling over a prospect, that's got good contact tools and maybe some surprise pop and who is a very solid defensive catcher, then Jimmy Crooks would be a name that I would start, uh, start sending you towards. You know, the the truth is I would say right now that the Cardinals are in this weird spot where there isn't necessarily, again, now Alec Burleson isn't on my list. So this doesn't count. I'm not counting Alec Burleson, but like, I don't necessarily know if they have that type of player. Exactly. Like they have guys who do other things, right? Like, Victor Scott isn't really that type of player, but he could be a really good defensive outfielder that has some pop that is like an upgrade of what we've seen out of Scott Hurst. You know, I think a lot of Cardinal fans are going to love Mike Antico. Mike Antico might fit somewhere in there. Now, he doesn't have the contact tool that uh, young Matt Carpenter or Tommy Edmond or or, uh, uh, Brendan Donovan have, but like he's going to be a major leaguer and he's going to be a swing major leaguer in the minors for many, many years and he might even start somewhere for a while. I would, you know, Mike Antico is the kind of player that everybody's going to love following. I have no doubt about that. Uh, So, like, those are the guys that come to my head right away. And then, again, not to keep talking about them because I feel like I keep talking about them, but there's a group of older hitting prospects. Macaperniak, Chandler Redmond, Chase Pender, Nick Raposo, maybe even Aaron Antonini to a lesser degree, uh, who are all really, really fascinating bats. And, again, which does nothing for the higher-end bats that are far away, like Jonathan Mejia, or Joshua Baez, who, who could be something more or Leonardo Bernal, you know, he, he's probably the wild card in all of this. Uh, You know, he, he has the potential to be every bit as promising as Ivan Herrera was two years ago. And even more than that, I think he has more actualized and realized skill. Uh, But those are some of the names that I would say, like, look, Mike Antico is a major leaguer. He's, he's already written his check. It's just a matter of how he gets there and in what capacity he's successful. You know, is it, uh, uh, is it something like Scott Hurst? Probably, but I think he has more than Scott Hurst ever really showed. So yeah, like that, that's my thought. I hope that that's enough for you talking about birds. Hey, we love the talking about birds podcast. Am I talking about birds fan? Check out their pod. I like this show better when the shirt was off. Sorry to put the shirt back on pitch. Nifty 50 would have been really good. That would have been a really good, a really good one. Hold on beer. Oh, what a disaster. Jordan Walker had people breathing like, at BP today, I need him. Again, so I'm excited that you're excited for Jordan Walker. Uh, but don't forget that in actual major league action, Tyler O'Neill in the second half hit the ball as hard as anyone else, as consistently as anyone else. Don't forget that Dylan Carlson, when his arm, his hand wasn't all fucked up, was uh 20% above league average hitter. Uh, you know, don't forget Lars Nupar is going to be a uh, top of the lineup table setter above league average as a run producer. So again, I get the excitement, but uh, as long as you're measured in your excitement, I'm not going to bust your balls. Just remember that like, it's okay. If he doesn't break with the major league team, that's all that matters with me. And I'm not going to say anymore because I'm tired of having that debate. Uh, Caleb Noble says, should we overreact when Wilking Rodriguez looks like prime Mariano Rivera in his first bullpen? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this earlier now. No, we should not overreact. We should get excited, but I was thinking about, um, uh oh my God I can't think of what his name is. So they brought in Verhagen and then who was the other jackass they brought in? And then the other jackass's first spring he had pinpoint control and no, spring outing. He had pinpoint control and nobody can hit him. And it was like wow the Cardinals found this guy and the car the Cardinals defense is so fucking good. Now I can't even remember the jackass's name. All I keep thinking about is Grant Black. And it's not Grant Black. Now, if you want a deep sleeper, Grant Black might be a deep bullpen sleeper because of his power changeup to go with this fastball and kind of a funky motion. Uh, But uh, Aaron Brooks is who the asshole is. Uh, Aaron Brooks. And so, yeah, as long as we're not reacting like we did with Aaron Brooks, myself included, I think we'll be fine. But, you know, the fun thing about Wilking Rodriguez, because everything's so high velocity with him, we're all going to be pretty excited when we see it. Uh, Braun says, walk a stake through a warm room. There we go. Uh, shexy shexy x says, I'd like to see, si- uh, I'd like to see Kyle get super hot with some oil. You're goddamn right. Uh, anytime you want, but I'll send you a video. Kareem says, Do you think Ian Bedell gets an opportunity as a starter? Yeah, so again, I can't speak, I can't speak for this for sure, but I was told that Ian Bedell would get every chance to be a starter that the Cardinals still view if he's healthy, his long-term chance to be a starter. And I do think the Cardinals understand as an organization that they need as many starting options uh, as possible. Now, Graceffo is different. I think then again, Kareem, you know, this way you, you retweeted it earlier uh, last week or whatever. Graceffo is he's so good right now. He's kind of stuck in the middle of all of this. Right. But like, uh, I, I think that they understand that they need as many starting options moving forward as possible. And I think that with all the high-end relief starter or relief options that they have, not relief starters, that's not a thing. Uh, well, I guess the opener is, which is a relief starter. But anyways, uh, they've got a whole stable of really promising relief pitchers. And I think that makes Bedell's role a little bit more set as a starter moving forward. Now, I do expect him to throttle those innings a little bit. You know, don't be surprised if Ian Bedell only goes you know, 100 innings this year, which is still pretty aggressive for what we've seen his workload be. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I think. I do think he'll get a chance to be a starter as long as he's healthy. You know, I don't think it's, this is a Griffin Roberts situation. Roberts was a little bit older, and his command was shit, um, almost from the get-go, really. Uh, that was one area of his, of his arsenal that I overappreciated. I thought his command was better than what it was at Wake Forest. It just wasn't uh, in the organization. So, Um, yeah, look, I think, I do think he'll get every chance to be a starter. Uh, our good friend Clayton says, could you close with the lefty? I have to bring in the trusty righty to close rarely lets me down. So I'm all right-handed. You know, I'm, I'm, I throw left-handed. I do everything left-handed, but when it comes to taking care of business, it's all right-handed, baby. It's all, you know, uh, uh, like Dave Chappelle said, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, 100%. 100% One hundred percent jerking off with the right. Uh, Ty Byers says, any thoughts on Nolan Gorman showing up uh, on breakout hitters list in twenty twenty three? Should we chug a beer for Gorman stick? Look, I am I am pro chugging a beer for whatever you want to chug a beer for. And if you want to chug a beer, chug a beer for any left handed hitter. I'm all for that too. What do I make about him showing up on breakout list? Yeah, look, I think if I'm a a pundit who's into uh, who's writing about fantasy baseball or about baseball in general, Nolan Gorman is the exact bat that I would look to, right? He was super good. uh, When he came up, we saw that power. We saw him struggle to adjust at the major league level. So when you look at a guy who struggled in the second half, his second half of the major league season last year, and you look at the promise and the power and, and all that comes with it. Yeah. Look, it makes a lot of sense for him to be on breakout hitter list for 2023. He still has that potential in him. I wouldn't rule that out. You know, I, again, we talked to the, the Ali Mormol comments about a swing change. I'm not, I don't really care about, you know, that's just noise to me until I can actually see it, uh, from anything other than a side view and a batting cage on the first day of, of, uh, uh batting practice in spring training. I want to see it. So yeah, sure. Put him on the list. I, I think he's capable of it. I hope we see it. I think he can do it. Will it happen? No, probably not. Probably not. Probably not the way that they think. Uh, this has kind of always been that gray area with Nolan Gorman. It's just a matter of how he continues to adjust. Again, it's a it's I believe as much as he wants to retool his swing and do all of that, it's an approach issue. Uh we we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how it all goes from there. Uh Drew 3MR says, Kyle, you're a goddamn sank. Thank you for hosting these. Cheers. Hey, to you, i I will go to booze. I will go to the Woodford Reserve Double Oak. To you, to all the PAD people, thank you for being here on a Wednesday night. We're an hour and four minutes into this, which means really only an hour into it because I was singing Fleet Fox for the first five minutes. And that probably maybe won't be a part of the actual podcast. To all the people who podcast PAD, you know, uh, we talk about PAD Live, but we have a great, a great podcasting audience. To so all the podcasters, I raise my glass. podcasters get the better of it because they don't have to fucking deal with me shirtless and all that other nonsense to you drew 3m i appreciate 3m I appreciate you being here uh kevin love says cotton mouth like a dickhead yeah sorry i i don't even know what i'm saying stream of consciousness baby stream of consciousness and also real fast i kind of blew by it but i'm actually cream i cannot wait to see who some of your breakout prospects are like i'm i cannot wait to see what you got going on there uh, VHS says, do you think the Cardinals break camp with both Gorman and Burleson on the big league roster? One could be half a DH platoon with Yepes, the other a bench bat. You know, VHS, honestly, I think that judging by what the Cardinals are saying, not just the front end or the front office, but the coaches, I really do think that they're going to make this as much of an open competition. And I do believe that they will break camp with the best 13 hitters that they can that's that's what I believe and I do think that that means that that might mean uh Burleson Yepes, and Gorman all come with the team north I do think that there's a chance of that uh how quickly they'll adjust and adapt to that you know uh, they could go to Gomez really quick if Gomez doesn't break I think that all of those guys right I think you know I think in my mind this is how I have it right so new bars Newt bars penciled in uh and then I think Tyler O'Neal's penciled in, and. I, I believe that Dylan Carlson should be penciled in, but we'll see about that. I can't help, you know, the Cardinals are so quiet about him. I think that it's really fucking weird. Um, but, and also bullshit, because again, I I understand the fans' disappointment with Dylan, but we've seen how good he can be when he's healthy. Uh, but anyways, like, uh, I think that there's a legitimate chance that any one of those guys, uh, yepes Gorman, Gomez, Burleson, eh, you know, I think all of those guys have an equal chance to break with the big league club, including Jordan Walker. And it's just a matter of who seizes that opportunity. You know, that that's what I think. And I do think that there's a real chance that it'll come down to who makes the least mistakes as opposed to who's the best. So that's going to be fascinating, right? Because at that point, you would assume that, that all of those guys, except for really Alec Burleson, are susceptible to making mistakes. Gorman uh, uh, in the field. Gomez on the base path and in the field. Yepez on the base path and in the field. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, all of those guys have vulnerability. So it might just come down to who's making the fewest mistakes. And I can't wait to see how that goes. <laughs> uh, Sheck ZX says, uh, yes, thank you, Bourbon Spill. Ben Stillman. So that's where we're at. Uh, this was 20 minutes ago. Now we're talking. Uh, yeah, uh, this is when I took my shirt off. Hey, Jason Hill came in. Just in time for me to take my shirt off. Says, just saying, hey, I am sure you have already answered my question. We'll listen to the bo- the podcast version but Jason Hill, a podcaster. Now, again, as Jason Hill is in here, I want to remind everybody. Over on Viva Alberto's, I was fortunate enough to take part in the prospect Q&A with Jason Hill and our good friend Blake Newberry. Uh, interviewing Gordon Graceffo. And you should check that out because it's fucking awesome. And it was an awesome thing. And I was privileged to be a part of it. And Jason Hill is awesome and he does great work over there, as does our good friend Blake Newberry. So to, uh, to be honest, like the Viva Albertos crew, I raise my glass to all the old Viva Albertos people, too. Uh, uh, even the people, uh, uh, John LaRue, who's still there, you know, uh, uh, Ben Humphreys, who we love, Ben Godard uh, from the off day, Chris Foley, who is on uh, Birds on the Black, maybe, who knows anymore, really. Uh, we raise our glass. Check that out. <laughs> Z-Ed included. I can call it uh, Sheck uh, uh, Z Z-Ed included. I love it. Thank you very much. Uh, ben, uh, Brett Stillman says, to use your Twitter poll, if Jordan Walker has a Matt Holiday career, do you think the Cardinals are pay him the $2 million plus it would take to sign him for six years? No. Six years of $200 million? No, no, I don't think so. You know, maybe... Maybe that last year they'd come close and it depends on what the market looks like, but I don't, I, I don't think six, 200 gets it done. I don't think there's any way, you know, uh, but again, we'll see how things go. I, I don't know what to think. I think that still seems way too high. You know, I could definitely see a situation where the Cardinals try to buy try to do the holes treatment with them where they buy out the X amount of arbitration years and then try to take him to free agency at 29, 30, 31 or whatever. Uh, but you know, a lot of that comes down to what Jordan Walker would want to do and I'll be honest, if I'm Jordan Walker and I'm on track to have a Matt Holiday-like career for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, I don't know if I take six two hundred million dollars as a 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 year old hitter. I, I don't know if I take that. I don't know if that's enough on that Matt Holiday trajectory at that age. Um, over on Twitter, Ty Byers says best 13 or best 12 plus to young. Yeah, probably best 12 plus to young. That's a great point, Ty Byers. Uh hopefully De Young is one of the best 13. The Luke Adam Lucas Adams over on Twitter says, What's the name of that indie guy that signed with 00 ERA and nasty split? surprise. he's not an NRI. Uh, Logan Sawyer. Yeah. Uh so Logan Sawyer is the uh the, the Frontier League, I believe, pitcher who uh, was pitching an indie ball, 27 years old. There was a fastball in the high 90s, uh split finger pitcher, throws a I think a split change, too, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, look, he was one of the guys that we talked about earlier. Uh, the Lucas Adams, I could see him. And again, like I think sometimes, especially with the way that this camp is going to go with the World Baseball Classic, I think people maybe are a little too focused with the non roster invitees. Look, the the kids will be in camp. Most a lot of the, some of those kids are close to being there already, but a lot of those kids will be in camp at the beginning of March. And you know, a week into camp, those the the major leaguers go away. So it's easy enough to grab those kids and put them on the, the, the major league roster for a couple games. He'll get an opportunity. We'll see him in spring games. I wouldn't sweat it too much. The The non-roster invitees are just there to stay focused uh, on what the Cardinals have as they enter the season, right? And since they are so top heavy, since a lot of those guys that they have are, are right there, whether they're AAA pitchers or minor league free agents or guys who made their major league debut that are just looking for time, like, They didn't really need to expand further than what they already did. And especially with uh, the minor leaguers being there at the beginning of March, it it didn't really make sense to have a whole laundry list of non-roster invitees. Um, You know, that's kind of how it works. Uh, Look, we're going to see a lot of guys for three weeks in spring coming from minor league camp to the majors. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jess, we need to cook. Jesse, we need to cook. Will DeWitt go all in some year and increase salary? Or are the Cardinals stuck in media, mediocre hell? Uh, yeah, look, I think that... Um, I think I understand the Cardinals fans being upset with what we view as mediocrity. And I can argue against the lack of playoff success they have. But my version of mediocrity is different than everybody else's version of mediocrity. the The Cardinals are not average. They're not average. Now, they're not if you want to argue what level of above average they are, I, and in my mind, mediocre is average. So it's just a matter of like, are they above average or well above average? Now for me, I view them as an, as an above average organization that flashes well above uh, right now. And until they have playoff success, that's what they are. They're not mediocre. You want to know a mediocre franchise. The Milwaukee Brewers are a mediocre franchise. Like, we can we can hinge a lot of our perception of the Cardinals worth as a competitive organization based solely on what we see of the Cardinals over a time span, uh, if we're judging against other Cardinals teams and other Cardinals periods. But if you look at, around baseball, the Cardinals are far from mediocre. I, I, I'm just being honest. Like if you're calling them mediocre, then you're doing it emotionally. You're not doing it rationally, you're not thinking it out. you're not being critical you're not there's no critical thinking there. Uh, You're just saying nonsense, really. Now, if you want to say between 2015 or 2016 and 2018, they were mediocre. Yes, that was a mediocre franchise. But since then, they've been better. Now, that doesn't take away from the fact that they get into August and they're about a 500 team. And then they have a good August and that usually gets them above 500. And then things get kind of weird after that. Now, that is that is a trend. Uh, But also, you know, when you talk about mediocrity, you, you forget what they're built on top of, which is draft and develop. So will he go all in one year? No, no, that's, he'll never go all in. That's not something that's going to happen. Um, will they make calculated decisions to make their team incrementally better, trying to get into the playoffs so that whatever happens, happens? Yes, that is the Cardinals MO uh, because they're built on the draft and develop style. Kareem answers my question. It was indeed Aaron Brooks. Great point. Sarah answers. hi, Kyle, big fan. When will you be updating the Cardinals players as RB Adams? Thank you for your time. You know, that's not a bad idea. Maybe, maybe we'll get to that soon. Maybe we'll get to that soon. Uh to you, Sarah, Ann. Uh, Brett Stillman says, Can we play the drive line guys $50 million a year for exclusivity? No. No, you know it's funny. Those drive line guys do amazing work, right? They do amazing work, but, I mean, what have they done for the Reds? And the funny thing is, to kind of show you how petty those guys are, they, they turn on the Reds right away. It was, oh, no, we had all of these guys on the right track, and now they're all terrible. Uh, uh, never mind Christian Rowe was never particularly good, and he, they kind of pushed the Reds to draft him, and they thought that they could develop him, and he's just fine. Like, he's just – he's fine. Uh so my answer is no, I'm not interested in the driveline guys. I want the Cardinals to do it their way. I want Dusty Blake to reform the system. That's what I want. I want them to find their own guys, use their own tech to get it. And I want them to be on the cutting edge. I don't want them to go to driveline and let that egomaniac Kyle Bodie, who's just trying to sell a product, uh, uh, push his narrative. Now, again, God bless him. God bless him and and pushing the product and driveline being the uh, the premium name. And it's done amazing stuff for people. And I hope that that stays. But the Cardinals are not an, an ego-driven organization. Um, people think Moe's an egomaniac. He isn't. He's, he's got an ego, for sure. But um, all of that's just to say, like, you don't inject an egomaniac uh, or an ego-driven person. Because he's not Kyle Body's not an, an egomaniac. But, like, an ego-driven person who's trying to sell a product, um, a, a salesperson, into an organization and expect everything to go smoothly. So, yeah, here, how about this? Cardinals invest $50 million and make their system better than what what they do at driveline. That's what I would like to see. Uh, Let's see. uh, Says it a couple times. Caleb Noble says over on YouTube, you know, we're doing pretty good with booze. Honestly, we're about an hour and 10 minutes into the actual pad proper. I have about a half a beer left. We've still got some questions. This question was asked 10 minutes ago, so we're getting close. Still got some booze there. Uh, Caleb Noble says, people forget how good Dylan Carlson was the second half of 2021. And for a two-month span prior to his wrist injury last year. Yeah, and you know, there's some talk about a lingering hammy issue that started at the beginning of the year. Now, I can't speak to that. I don't know. But yeah, you know, like, it's just like Albert Pujols. Everybody talks about replacing Albert Pujols. Uh, Albert Pujols' 2022 production. But you're not really replacing Albert Pools' 2022 production. What you're trying to do is replace his second half 2022 production because he was kind of a shitty hitter for two months, and he was okay in April uh, of 2022. So again, this is where baseball like it's easy to accumulate stats and and talk about what a player was to a team, but you got to break things down. And it's just like with Tyler O'Neill, like Tyler O'Neill. At three straight opening days, he's had a home run, but he's had terrible starts of the year for three straight seasons. Goes on the IL, comes off the IL, and hits the fucking shit out of the ball. That's Tyler O'Neill. Now, that's a nuanced argument about these players. You know, it's not replace this player or find this player. Just like with Dylan Carlson, as we talk about the areas in which he was effective and ineffective. What they need to do is Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill, two of my favorite players with people that I love associated with them. The Carlson family, everybody knows are pad people. I would suggest that there's some O'Neill connection there too. But like, uh, all I'm saying is give these guys a chance. And you know, if they're not healthy and they lose their opportunity because of that, fine. But if we're going to lose our minds over the next shiny object, we're just going to continue to chase that shiny object in the form of the next shiny object 24 year old kid who made his major league debut in 2020 who had 19,000 bases loaded opportunities who didn't come through on any of them who went chasing after changeups that he had never seen he needs to continue to get better and make the adjustments and find that consistency but let's not give up on him just yet and I know people were freaking out about seeing him take right-handed swings against righties you know maybe maybe that becomes a more frequent thing but just give him a chance is, is all I'm asking and I know that Baseball seasons are long and it makes it tough because you already feel like you've given them a chance in 2021 and 2022. But remember, you know, if you can get a 13% above league average with, with good defense, whether it be in a corner or in center out of Dylan Carlson, like the way that he will produce those runs make him incredibly valuable. And there's a guy who could steal, I mean, you're talking about another guy who could steal maybe 15 bases if given, if given the green light. So yeah, Caleb, you're on to something. Bo Barton says, "Sure seems from his comments like Mo is getting things lined up to step down in 2025 or shortly thereafter." Is it time to let Gersh cook? Yeah, so I think I think that uh, the Cardinals front office is collaborative. Now John Mize like runs the ship, and we've heard those comments, and this is exactly what you're saying, right? He's talking about integrating people a little bit more, seeing what he does on the day to day, letting them get more and more familiar. But yeah, look, this is this is the beginning of his exit strategy. And I don't think it's Gersh. I think it's going to be Randy Flores. I think Moises, uh, Moises Rodriguez is going to take on some of those roles. You know, he mentioned John Vooch, uh, who will take on some of those. You know, uh, I, I hope Gary LaRock retires because i just want to see what's next for the cardinals organization i think there's again gary larock is world class he's done a great job but i think i think his end of all of this is really stale and i think that the cardinals would do well so i'm hopeful he retires uh because i think that the cardinals need something else there i think that i think that's the one area that hasn't grown or developed at all i think and i think that that's kind of hurt them a little bit you know like even when you're talking about the front office sure gersh has been there forever but Uh, and so is Moises Rodriguez and Matt Slater, but like, they've all had different roles and they've brought other people in. And it's like, uh, Gary, the rock has been there and it's just too much of the same, too much of the same. So, and the rock has earned a nice cushy ass retirement. So again, if he sticks around, the Cardinals are in great shape. The does a great job, but like, uh, I think all of these guys that we just mentioned, and then I went on the tangent about Gary, the rock, I think all of them are going to end up having their eyes open about what John Mazalak does. And I think that There's going to be systems put in place for in 2025 when Mr. Mazalak takes on a different role within the organization or ends up retiring or whatever, a consultant role, whatever it ends up being. I think that, yeah, I think that we will have a clear line of succession in place. I think candidly my guess would be that while most talking about it right now, this is something that he and Mr. DeWitt have been lining up for, oh, I don't know, let's say two years, but also a year mostly, but six months, eight months, nine months, 10 months, somewhere somewhere in the last year. These are things that they have started to get in line. So yeah, look, I think that this is, this is we are ending the end of the John like era of Cardinal baseball. And you know what? It's going to end up being the most successful era of Cardinal baseball. Think about that. Kevin Lewis says, which pitching prospect has the highest upside within the next two years or so? Oh. That's Markeby and Hence. It's not even close. Tink Hens has the highest upside. Now, that's not to diminish um, what Cooper Jerpy or Gordon Recevo can do. It's just Tink Hens could be an ace. Now, Cooper Jerpy could be an ace. But the thing with Jerpy is because of his arm angle, he is the pitcher he's going to be. Now, uh, uh, Reeks talked about it. Tehran talked about it at draft time. He's developed a cutter. He's starting. Uh, Reeks and Kareem have talked about it. Uh, you know, he he started developing a cutter, but he's always going to be a fastball, changeup, slider, and cutter pitcher. He's limited to that because of his arm angle. What we've come to find out about the way the body moves and everything, it's going to be hard for him. Like he's not going to have the success with the two seam. He's not going to have the success uh, with with uh, a, a change, uh, um, uh, uh, a curveball. Like he's even talked about it about how those, like I've heard an art, an interview with him, and I believe that was on Prospects Live, where he talked about how those pitches don't work for him because of his arm angle, how he'll never be effective with those. So that kind of limits how, like what his ceiling is. Now, even what he has right now, it could be top of the rotation. I think it's more than likely middle of the rotation, but that could be top of the rotation. So if we're just talking about who has the highest upside that they can actually reach, it's Markeby heads. Now, again, there are other pitchers in the organization, Malcolm Nunez has the best stuff in the organization, just that the motherfucker can't throw a strike. He's one of the he's one of the five pitchers out of the dirty fifty. When we get into that article, the kid could just learn how to control his body and throw strikes and repeat his mechanics and blah blah blah, yada, yada, yada. He could be a whole different level. But look, it's it really is Markevian hence. That's it. Tink Tink is the guy. He is he is the guy. And Z says, ever since one bin and again, I swear to God, I heard him pronounce it win bencho. Showed off his pup in card swag. He immediately won me over. What would you consider a successful twenty twenty three for him? Uh, keeping in mind he is super young. Yeah. So again, you you took the words right out of my mind. Keep in mind he's young. Keep in mind he hasn't had a whole lot of time stateside. But you know, for me, if he can maintain uh, at the plate, you know, uh, between league average and Palm Beach, spend the whole year at Palm Beach, uh, be league average at Palm Beach to ten percent above league average. You know, never find his time, never, never be at the complex, never get the Ryan Holgate or Eli Cabell treatment where they're back and forth between uh, the complex and then Palm Beach and then the complex and then Palm Beach. Uh, I think that that would be a success. And again, you know, there's some rawness in the way he fields. If if he starts to polish some of those edges of, of the rawness of his fielding, I think that that would be a successful season. I don't think he needs to do anything crazy, you know. I, I, again, we want to see him continue to hit the ball hard. We want to continue to see him use all fields. He doesn't need to have over the fence pop, find the, that double pop to the gaps, both gaps. Show great bat control because he has really good bat control when he's on. See that develop. See him stay on breaking pitches. That would be a success, like that. That league average and the Florida State League as a hitter is is good. And I'll tell you what, even if he's even if he's five percent below league average if he's getting 250 at bats or plate appearances there that's a win if his strikeout rate is below 25 percent, that's a win if he can get his walk rate because he's an aggressive swinger if he can get his walk rate in the eight to ten percent like that would be a win but it's how much time he spends at palm beach is that's that's kind of what it comes down to me and the kind of success that he has has there and and, and the growth that he demonstrates Caleb Noble. Says uh incentive heavy deal like the one J-Rod signed might intrigue both the cards and Walker. This is all dependent on what Walker does in MLB, of course. Yeah, uh look, I, I'm with you. Yeah, look, I don't know what to expect. I I am always um hold on. I'm always more in the camp of you know, if I'm a front office, honestly, I'm not signing anybody to a long-term deal. I would not, I would be. Fans would be so frustrated with me. They'd be so frustrated with me, A, because I'd trade everybody, and also because I would not give out any long-term contracts to anyone. Anyone. I wouldn't care. I, everybody would be so fucking frustrated with me. It'd be hilarious. So, yeah, look, I do think, I, again, the incentive-heavy deal, hopefully that J-Rod contract, and I hadn't thought about that, Caleb Noble. That's a great point. But hopefully that incentive-heavy contract, really uh really ends up being the template for what would happen if the Cardinals were to sign Jordan Walker to an extension. Um yeah, sure, why not. I just don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Bill Barton says Med mediocre is like the damn Marlins or something. Yeah, Cardinals are a premier franchise in the sport and are and we as fans are spoiled. I think I think I think that might be a little bit over on the other end of everything like we are definitely you know me, I've been very candid about saying that. I think Cardinal fans are spoiled. I think we lose perspective in our good fortune. There is criticism that's warranted, and you're not saying that. And they are definitely the pre, one of the three or four or five premier fra- franchises in the sport. No doubt. But again, I think we can all agree that it'd be nice if they just took a couple more chances here and there. Uh, if they were maybe a little bit more aggressive with the excess they have. And uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm I, with you. I think that uh, perspective gets lost with with a lot of the criticism of the Cardinals, of Mr. DeWitt, and of Mr. Mazalak, um, while also some of the criticism is warranted for sure. Over on Twitter, Tyler Byers says, uh, what's the future of Zach Thompson and Connor Thomas? Bullpen, rotation? You know, Ty, I think that there's a really good chance that both of those guys will get a chance to carve out their own role. Now, both of those guys will have their most immediate chance to make an impact in the bullpen. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I would suspect that uh, Connor Thomas is in Zach Thompson's spot this year that Thompson was in last year. And I do think that there's a real good chance that we see Zach Thompson take on a more prominent bullpen role. Like, in my mind, you know, depending on what happens next year with the starting staff, uh, You know, blah, blah, blah. Matts is the only starter under contract, blah, 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 yada, 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 free agents and blah, 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 blah. You know, I think that he'll get a chance potentially to be a starter in 2024 as were Connor Thomas. But I think more than likely with Connor Thomas this year, he's going to be in Zach Thompson's role last year, which he might get a start here or there. He's going to get a chance to make a bullpen impact. And uh, if he can come up and make a couple starts when somebody gets hurt or somebody's on the IL and make the most of it, then he might be able to propel that into a long-term starting role but i think that in the immediate thomas is more of the swing between minors and majors filling whatever role the cardinals need i think thompson probably is going to fill some very important bullpen innings as maybe the key lefty even though the cardinals downplay that and i think they both will go into 2024 if they're both still in the organization come the beginning of the 2024 season with a chance to uh uh you know be a starter uh Z Ed says, I'd like to polish the edges of your rawness. To Z Ed, who is going to spend the evening polishing the edges of my rawness. Uh, Jordan Hilton says, feels weird, but I'll take the DeWitts, their history with baseball in St. Louis plus Arby's over the others overpaying for the down years of careers all day. You know, Jared Hilton, uh, I'm going to cheers to you because I like. I think this is really what it comes down to, right? this is a great point. I'm going to say it one more time. Jared Hilton says, or Jordan, Jared, Jesus, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry, Jordan. Jordan Hilton says, feels weird, but I'll take the DeWitts, their history with baseball in St. Louis, plus the Arby's franchise over the others overpaying for the down years of careers all day. Yeah, remember, the other side of that is, and we'll take that over teams that are constantly in rebuild mode or rebuilding every couple of years. You know, I think about the Red Sox, right? they do this thing that does not appeal to me at all. And I know it's going to sound crazy, but I hate the win, then lose, then win, then lose, and win, then lose, and win, then lose. And part of it is because they don't do any of it with the farm system, right? Like they, they never have players to get excited about. It's it's buying guys from outside, and those players end up winning, winning the championship for you. Like winning a championship is awesome. I'm not, you know, just like the Giants in the early the early teens, like, you know, uh, every other year winning the world series i'll take that that's fucking awesome you can't beat that but uh even like even over the red sox i i'd preferred the cardinals to be in it every year uh you know i think that makes the whining more interesting too funny enough you know i i think again there there's a lot of resting on their laurels and being stuck in their ways that's frustrating but it's hard to say that there there's uh uh a better way to run a franchise in the way that they have to be successful. And, you know, all of our bitching, it's the old saying, all advertisement is good. Advertisement flat earth. Truth says, hi, Kyle. I can't wait to listen to this later. Thanks for doing your thing. I know you work on the roads. Will you work on any of the upcoming urban greenway, protective bike lanes? Take care of my man. No, no, I won't. So, uh, you know, a lot of everything I do is in like West County. So, I don't think we have any projects uh, along those lines, unfortunately. That's that's something I've never done. You know, I've built islands here and there, uh, concrete islands in like the middle of roads, but I've never done any of like the urban greenway stuff. And I, I'm I'm kind of bummed by that. That is something I would like I would like to learn and participate in. Uh, so maybe somewhere down the lines. But yeah, hey, hey, thank you, Flat Earth Truth. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoy listening back. Thanks for being here, even at the end. Oh, Jeff Niall said. Did we talk about those sexy new bases yet? They're so big. Yeah, you know, some of the uh, optical illusion uh, pictures that have been out there where the base looks like twice the size of the uh, the old base is a little misleading. And But they are sexy. They're sexy big bases, baby. They're sexy big bases that could carry pizzas from to and fro. Uh, but yeah, look, when you watch them in game, they don't seem that much bigger, at least during the minor league games. So here's the hoping that uh, it makes an impact with a lot of people stealing more bases. Hopefully that doesn't affect the Cardinals pitchers or fuck up uh, uh, Wilson Contreras too much. And uh, here's to eating pizza and getting drunk while watching baseball and the baseball-sized pizza boxes. Baseball base-sized pizza boxes. All right, we are finally at the end of the questions. That's an hour and thirty minutes into Prospects After Dark. Uh, for everybody at Prospects After Dark, look, again, I would ask, uh, first off, you go subscribe to the Cardinal Nation for Brian Walton and Blake Newberry. I So it's been years since I've subscribed. I subscribed earlier in the week. Uh, please subscribe. Help help a brother out. Also, go to uh, Cardinals Reeks and Kareem SSN. They put out their top 12 prospects. It's a data-driven list. It's fucking awesome. We've been talking about it. Keep an eye on them. Because it sounds like Kareem's working on some other shit and Kareem's got it going on. So we want to continue to support our people. I would also tell you, Jeff Ponce over at Baseball America. We love Jeff Ponce and our boy Matt Thompson over on Prospects Live. Support Baseball America. Support Prospects Live. I will also tell you, support Birds on the Black. Uh, Support... The dirty fifty. I would appreciate it. The more clicks, the happier I am. Now I have no idea how many clicks that gets. I don't want to know. That's kind of shit that gets burrowed on my head and lives rent fucking free. So I'm not interested in any of that. Don't give a fuck. Don't want to know. Don't want to know. I'm scared of it. Um, but you know, when Ben Sarudi gets to putting out his uh his projections, support that. Ben is awesome. Ben puts in a ton of work, a ton of time. Ben's the best. Uh, uh Stu Styles, who we love, you know, we're just probably. A month away or a couple of weeks away from getting Stu's uh game recaps and his scorecards. Can't beat that, man. Can't beat that. I cannot wait to see Stu working and enchil cooking and gifts cooking. Uh, you know, I and Sarudi and Terry Nichols. Like, I i love them all with my heart. So find it in if you can find it in yourself to support the Birds on the Black family and uh me, you know. So I'm gonna be honest, like again. I, the more the more you decide to consume of me, the happier I am. I, and I I've never really been like this. It wasn't um it wasn't until recently, right? But like, I don't think I realized how much work I. I mean, I always knew how much work I put into the dirty. But like, all of a sudden, I'm starting to like feel the work. I guess because it's getting old. I'm getting older, and I'm focused on it so much. But yeah, like uh, Jay, support it, please. Support Birds on the Black, support me. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't really know what to say. I'm rambling now and I feel uncomfortable. So to all of my Birds on the Black family, I love each and every one of you. I miss you. Check out the uh, Meet Me Unusual podcast. I was on there with Daniel Shoptal we missed Alan. And I thought that that was one of my favorite conversations I've had. Uh, Well, again, Check out all of the people who have supported me. Uh, uh, B-Shape, uh, Brennan Schaefer. Uh, we did the B-Shape Daily a couple uh, weeks ago. That was an awesome conversation about prospects. Je- support Brennan Schaefer, Jeff Jones. Like These are people who have supported me, and I know that Jeff Jones in particular is a controversial figure. Uh, support him, don't. I don't really care, but he's been cool to me. Uh, Matt Pauly over on KMOX. Awesome stuff. Matt Pauly's awesome. To uh, BK Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. Uh, over on Became Ferrario, they support me. Support them. Look, uh, let's again. I, I went on a rant last pad, and I, I want to go over just a little bit more. Like, let's create this community. Like, you were part of this community, and it's been fucking awesome. And let's continue to support this community. Let's let's let this community thrive. So, to all of the birds on the black people, all of the pad people, the Cardinals gifts, uh, my brother from another mother, who uh, uh, again means everything to me. Um, uh, I, again, as a as a brotherly figure the, the, the greatest friend that I've only met in person twice that, that a, a guy could ever have really, uh, I, you know, I, I raise my glass and, you know, I on the same breath to my beautiful and lovely girlfriend, Ashley, uh, and her amazing son, Leo, who I don't really talk about all that often, uh, uh but who are awesome. And I am lucky to be growing with them as a person. Uh, so again, I, I'm a very lucky person. Uh, and to Charlie Marlowe and the Hot Take Central guys and all these people that I just keep talking and rambling on. Uh, sorry about that. But to all of the people who have kicked ass, Bernie Michalis, uh Nate Lucas, Bob Ramsey, uh, to all of the pad people in whatever way that they are pad people, we raise our glass. Oh, uh, uh, Sarah Ann and uh, that other person, I think her name's is, is it Kelsey Bird? Oh man, Mackenzie Bird. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. They did a podcast that I've been meaning to listen to. I haven't been been able to yet, but check that out. You know Sarah Ann is hilarious. She's a good person. Kind-hearted. Uh I think it's Kelsey Bird, right? Am I wrong about that? Gifts, somebody help me out. Uh, but check out that podcast cuz I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh it sounded hilarious and uh they're awesome. But I, again, so that's all I have. I'm rambling. I'm out of it. Uh, we're an hour and 38 minutes in. I cannot wait to end the Twitter thread so I can get to singing. Ooh, 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 ooh. we're going to get to singing. Uh, but so for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, to our good friend Eric T, who uh, probably said some inflammatory shit and was off of Twitter for a while, uh, but is now back on Twitter, and hopefully Kelsey Bird. Kelsey Bird, that's what I thought, Cards Cook. Uh, thank you, Cards Cookie. I appreciate that. God, I'm so sorry about that. Again, so I think that that should... I think that that should... Uh, I think that that should the podcast was fantastic. I've been meaning to. Everybody give that podcast a listen. I could not think of the name. I'm sorry about that. Now, take a second to understand that that should give you some idea of my relationship to Twitter. I don't have the same relationship with Twitter that everyone else seems to have. I'm I'm half in, half out. I usually drop bombs and roll. Uh, but yeah, so, and Sarah says, Ily. I same to you, Sarah. You're kind of like a brother, really, at this point. Uh, brother, A brother-sister thing. Uh, but yeah, like, support them they're awesome and I'm sorry about getting Kelsey's shit mixed up. I'm sorry. But yeah, look for everybody at birds on the black, everybody at prospects after dark, Eric T who coined the phrase, you are part of the resistance. I raise my glass to you. Thank you for being here on February 15th, VHS our good friend who has a music note uh cuz he knows where this is going. Uh, I raise my glass. You guys are the best. Thank you for being here. This was this was always fun. I love it. I want to do it more. Yeah. Look, I don't know what this will look like during the season because I'll be giffing at this time instead of doing pad. Uh, so we'll have to figure it out. But look, again, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, thank you for participating in the fun and games on a Wednesday, February 15th. Uh, I love you all. Uh, again, if you watch this, you are part of... Watch this or listening to this on the podcast, you are part of the resistance. And as always, freaks... Happy
1: hunting. Oh shit. Oh shit. We stopped the broadcast. We stopped the broadcast. We stopped the broadcast. We stopped the broadcast.
0: Oh yeah, we stopped the we stopped we stopped the the broadcast we don't know what we want to listen to so we're gonna scroll like a motherfucker through the music station and we're gonna press the library and we're gonna press the songs and we're gonna press the f for the motherfucking fleet fox is bitch well maybe we won't press the f because our fingers look like fucking sausages that motherfuckers put on the fingers like fucking sausages that they eat like motherfuckers
1: and how about this no. and what happens if you can't harmonize because you sound like a piece of shit do we want do we want montezuma do we want helplessness
0: booze do we have grown notion God, i so the other thing is i got tickets to uh fleet foxes in berkeley california for valentine's day and uh they're my favorite band and i've never seen them live and i cannot fucking wait so again uh I'm a very lucky man and a lot of, is it, do we want, we might do. Oh, come on, man. I didn't turn that fucking thing off. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see what's going on. So now I
1: am older than my mother and father. When they had their daughter. What does that say about me <laughs> <laughs> oh, now could I dream of such a selfless and true love could I wash my hands of just looking out for me ah! oh man what i used to be oh man oh my oh me oh man what i used to be oh man oh my oh me in thrown in excess both
0: the slay. Oh, wait. I got a little notification on Twitter that says, we put a warning on one or more of your recent tweets because they might have sensitive content. If you think this warning is a mistake, you can appeal. <laughs> so my, my, it was in pri. It's prospects after dark shirts, optional sluttiness, mandatory, just like those sexy Cardinals boy horse. <laughs> I would like to appeal this. How do you appeal this? <laughs>
1: Oh, all this got in the sea. Nobody else to blame. Oh, man, what I used to be. Oh, man, oh, my, oh, me. Oh, man, what I used to be. Oh, man, oh, my, oh, me. (laughs) You poor sons of bitches. See what? (laughs) i see you get it zed you get
0: it (laughs) the sensitive content episode i love it gifts That's what it's gonna have to be it's like uh, prospects after dark after dark is i think what we have going on here this is one of the beautiful things about doing pad early is that this bullshit happens
1: gold teeth and gold jewelry Every piece of your dowry, throw them into the tomb with me. Bury them with my name. Unless I have some day ran my wandering my way. Oh. Oh man, when I used to be. Oh man, oh my, oh me. All
0: right, we're gonna do one more. What does it? Does anybody want to talk about anything, or are we just gonna have twenty-six people stare at me? Went
1: down among the dust and to the old stone fountain in the morning after dawn underneath were all these pennies fallen from the hands of children they were there and then were gone and i wonder what became of them what became of them Sun, light over me, no matter what I do. Uh,
0: It's a combination of, Sarah says, I would like to see uh, your, it's a combination of Fergie and Jesus. Thank you. You could pass out and we'd keep staring at you. (laughs) So anyways, this is the shrine and argument. And uh, this is what uh, inspires me when I do my shrine and argument.
1: I'm not one to ever pray for mercy or to wish on pennies in the fountain or the shrine. But that day, you know, I left my money and I thought of you only all that copper glowing fine. And I wonder what became of you. What became of you? Here's where it gets weird. Sunlight over me, no matter what I do. Apples in the summer, all golden and sweet. Every day a passing complete. Apples in the summer, all golden and sweet. Every day a passing complete.
0: I'll oh, see this work. It's good. Now there's a live version of the song, right? Where they add an extra lyric, and I might sing that. And whenever they do it live, it's like they change it just a little bit, which is even fucking cooler when you think about it. Anyways, uh, this is what I do when Pat isn't going on. Except for sometimes I'm typing some other bullshit. Uh, I'm usually texting here and there maybe playing Pokemon go. Uh, that's my exciting life as I wind down from adult babies a lot of times. Uh, yeah, which is my father and also the guys I work with. Oh God, it's so good. it's a shame that my little boombox sucks because it doesn't do this doesn't do it any uh, yeah.
1: In the morning waking up to terrible sunlight. All diffused like skin abuse, the sun is half its side. When you talk, you hardly even look in my eyes. In the morning, in the morning. Kevin Lewis asked, uh, do I collect baseball cards? I don't. I do not. In the doorway, holding every letter that I wrote. In the driveway, pulling away, putting on your coat. In the ocean, washing off my name from your throat. In the morning, in the morning. In the ocean, washing off my name from your throat. In the morning, in the morning When the tide came in, the odds would never let you stay <laughs> In the nighttime with the light on every light of day In the ocean leaving you no
0: time to obey All right, that's all I got for you. I don't collect baseball cards. Jeff Neal says you could open up for Adam Wainwright. I'm not even good enough for that crap show. Anyways, again, have a good night, freaks. I love you. Uh, This was fun. A disaster there at the end.